Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Hello, friends, and welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed the amazing singing. I know I was bobbing my head on a bunch of the songs and the words and the lyrics. And so we're going to try to build off of this fantastic worship from my great worship team and musicians. And we're going to talk about, again, the detail-oriented God. Now, as we think about the details that God gives, it's important that we understand what this message is also titled today, that every step must be taken with God. And so friends, look with me, get a piece of the Bible near you. Second Samuel chapter six, verses 12 through 15 is what we're going to examine and explore today. And so as you get a piece of God's word, with you. If you're driving, that's okay. If you don't have a, a, a Bible near you, that's okay. We're going to place the scripture on the screen. And so as we prepare, I'm going to ask that we pray together first. Let's pray. God, open up us, open up our hearts, open up our minds. Let us hear from you. In Christ's name, amen. Every step must be taken with God. It's in Psalm 37, verse 23, that it actually says that our steps are made firm by the Lord when he delights in our way. We all desire to move forward in life, right? But who we choose to consult for the timing and the direction makes all the difference. Everybody likes to think of themselves as wise counsel, but everybody, everybody's wisdom does not always apply to your situation. Friends, if we move too soon, it can hurt us. If we step in or towards the wrong direction, we can experience catastrophic and long-lasting pain. Every step we take, any type of movement that we make, all must be taken with God. Now you may say, Josh, okay, well, why? Well, because God sees what we do not. God knows what we do not, and God has the power to lead us effectively when we cannot. It is with God where we can reach heights that would never be reached. It's with God that he, God can open doors that we don't even have the propensity to even touch the doorknob. God is what I like to call our sovereign God that is tested, tried, and true. So we do well no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, to trust this detail-oriented God with every step that we take. We find this to be validated and true in the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, it chronicles the life, the hiccups, and the times of David. In this historical work of 2 Samuel, we get to see death, adjustment, dancing, y'all, 
and more that happens. Last week, we noticed that David prayed, asking God for instructions and God delivered some great details. This week, we build on that understanding that David continued to rely on God. He didn't try to fix his own life. He didn't try to move ahead of God. David relied on God. And so it's in 2 Samuel 6, verses 12 through 15, that we understand that every step that we take must be with God. We can't step before God. We shouldn't be led by our desires, our wants, our jealousy, our hurt. No, we need to move with God. And so we begin in verse 12 of chapter six of second Samuel, where this one verse teaches us that placement matters. What's placement? Here's a working definition of it. Placement is the action of putting someone or something in a particular position. You see, the placement of where we are, it matters. But not only where we are, the placement of where our hearts are indeed does matter. We're taught this in verse 12, as the text says, now it was reported to King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him on account of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God up from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with joy. Y'all, David learned the hard way that placement matters. <laughs> you may say, okay, well, what do you mean? What happened? Well, previously David experienced a decent brother be killed due to him carelessly handling the Ark of God. <laughs> you see, the Ark of God was this wooden chest containing two stone tablets in which the Ten Commandments were inscribed. You have to understand that it was a big deal because the Ark symbolized God's presence to the entire nation of Israel. And so this was of great importance to the people. So David has already made the mistake of not paying attention, not believing that placement matters and it cost a person their life. Now David understands that the stove is indeed hot and he's not going to put his hand on the top again. So David understands that this placement does matter. Now, the placement of the ark matters, but what does that have to do with us? Well, friends, it matters who we are connected to and where we prioritize individuals in our lives. If we put our boo before our God, that's a problem. If we put our friends before our faith, that's a problem. It matters where we place our attention. It matters if our hearts are connected to God or not. It matters where we are, when we go, and who we allow to influence us. David is beginning to show us clearly that every step must be taken with God because if not, we hurt ourselves. And so David understands that placement matters. He brings the ark of God to the house of Obed-Edom and the text says he does this with great joy, <laughs> jubilant joy. David has joy. Why? Because David has seen God and has seen God work in his life. David has depended on God and God has proven through battle, directions and provision that he is indeed with David, but also with all of Israel. And so we notice from verse 12 that placement matters. But if we're going to take every step with God, we must also understand what verse 13 is designed to teach us. And that is that submission is important. 
Submission is important. Listen to the scripture as it validates this. It says, and so it was that when those carrying the ark of the Lord marched six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened steer. Submission. What is it? Well, submission is the act or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another. So, so far throughout David's reign as king, he has asked God for the details as to how to deal with the various situations that he had been presented with. He has asked God for provision and God has granted that provision. You have to understand that David has no problem communing and talking with God. But what is beautiful to witness here is that David is the king of Israel, meaning that he has a high up position. Yet David in all his high up position and a part of the bourgeoisie is humble enough and vulnerable enough to ask God for the details as to how to handle any situation he's presented with. He was not so caught up and full of arrogance that he was not able to say, God, I need your help. Friends, this is awesome because David, he trusts that God can lead him even when he cannot. I like this because, see, David understands through experiential knowledge that guess what? You need to trust God. And so what he does by asking God for help is indeed he's actually submitting to God. Submission is so important. But if by chance the working definition did not crystallize what submission indeed is, I want you to think about the function of an umbrella for a moment. When it's raining outside, we often use the umbrella to keep us dry or to protect us from rain. But if we dive a bit deeper, we come under the covering of an umbrella, holding tightly to the handle with belief that this umbrella will shield us from the outside elements who, that could harm our clothing or even cause us to catch a cold. But how we trust an umbrella by tightly holding onto the handle remaining under the umbrella is a practical picture of submission. It's how we should submit to God. Because likewise, as we hold on to the handle of an umbrella, we should also not only come under the covering and authority of God, but we ought to hold on to the promises of God. Those promises such as God is with us. God will never forsake us. God will protect us. God is awesome. God is loving. So we submit to come under in submission to God and his authority with belief that every promise that he says, he will in fact do. God will protect us from harm. He will protect us from danger. He will give us details as to how to properly navigate our lives. See, this is what David and Israel are doing in our text right here. They're submitting to God. How so? Well, we're told that David and Israel, they're transporting this Ark of the Covenant to Obed-Edom. Again, I tell you, the Ark of the Covenant was this wooden chest and it had the two tablets that had the Old Testament inscribed on it. And so they're walking this long way to Obed-Edom, but every six steps they stop and they sacrifice an animal. Every six steps they stop and they sacrifice a cow, a bull, or calves that they had near them. 
Now, why in the world would they harm these animals? Well, before you call Peter, hold up and wait a minute. You see, at the time of this lived experience, Jesus had not died for the sins of humanity. So therefore, to atone for their sins. It was the cultural and biblical practice to shed the blood of a specific animal to atone for a person's or a group of people's sins. This practice was to communicate to God, we submit to you. This practice was to communicate to God that we are desperately crying out for the forgiving power of God. And so before you call Peter, understand the Bible, because this text is actually providing for us a vivid picture. I want you to use your imagination for a moment and realize that it's not David and a couple of people. In fact, scholars suggest that it was David and 30,000 people taking six steps and then stopping to communicate in their own way that we need as a nation, the forgiving power of God. <laughs> oh, my friends, I can't help but hear Second Chronicles 7 and 14 that tells us if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face and I will heal their land. Friends, although I'm so happy we don't have to literally kill animals like they did, you cannot deny that this is a powerful picture of submission. These 30,000 people along with David are taking every step with the ark of God in hand and they're doing this in an amazing and intentional way. This is done on purpose. This is a picture of people prioritizing God in this moment. I can't help but ask, are we willing to make decisions and take steps with God? Are we willing to be intentional in our submission to God? Because these people are showing us, 30,000 of them, what submission looks like. That every step, every decision, every opportunity, every challenge, and everything goes to God first. And if God approves it, we do it. If God doesn't, then we don't. That's submission. I'm inclined to believe that much of the issues that we encounter in our lives is due to us attempting to lead ourselves wrongly instead of allowing God to order our steps. Friends, if God orders our steps, we can't lose. But if we order our steps, we will always lose. Friends, every, every time we take a step without God, it communicates, God, I don't need you. But every time we take a step with God, it communicates, God, I trust you. So what do you want to communicate to God? Do you want to communicate, God, I don't need you or God, I trust you? Perhaps, friends, we need more believers who are willing to submit to God, submit the decisions, submit the leadership, submit the finances, submit the friendship, submit the relationship, submit the desires, submit the ambition, submit the future, submit the value and submit our entire lives to God. Because as we do, we become what God wants us to become and we travel exactly to where God wants us to be. Submission matters greatly to God and should matter to us because David shows us along with 30,000 of his friends that we're able to take steps with him. That submission is important. Friends, placement matters. But this week I'm challenging you 
to filter every single thing through God. Ask God what he wants for your life before you commit to anything presented to you. And let's see how different your life may be. Friends, we end this section of scripture in verses 14 through 15 as there is one more lesson that the text is designed to teach us and get ready. I hope you got your dancing shoes on because we're going to see that praising God should always be our response. Listen to what the word of God says. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his strength. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with joyful shouting and the sound of the trumpet. You may arrive to this part of the narrative and wonder why in the world is David doing the Cupid shuffle with all of his strength? You may read this and you may say, why in the world is David hitting the nay-nay with the electric slide and saying, party over here with all his strength? <laughs> well, I want to let you know what's the motivation behind my good brother David dancing. The motivation is this. David is dancing with everything he has with a linen long vest on. Why? Because God has been good to David. God has blessed him if we hit the rewind button and allowed him to become the king of Israel. God has blessed him and allow him to be victorious in many, many different battles. God has blessed him and allowed him to see redemption even after his many, many mistakes. God has blessed him and allowed him to have a life that continues to go. But let me tell you something. Earlier in chapter six, the ark was being moved to a place that God did not desire and people died on David's watch. And so now because the ark of the covenant gets to Obed-Edom. Now because it is brought to Obed-Edom, he is incredibly excited and he hits the moonwalk for magnificent praise. He hits the moonwalk here. Why? Because God has done what God said he would do. He followed the details and now his life is blessed. But David models praise here, which should continuously be our response. But as we reflect on this, I want you to understand something about David. David's dancing with all his might, not just doing a simple one, two step. He's dancing with all of his might because he's no stranger to hardship. He's been in battle. He's been around death, but it's due to these reasons that he gives God praise because God has spared his life. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but maybe you can attest that God has spared your life. And if you can attest to this, write a man in the comment section, because I just want to ask, is there anyone here who can reflect on their life and type a man because you've seen God be a hope dealer in the midst of tragedy? circumstances. You've seen God dispense love in the midst of being in a hateful place. Perhaps you've seen God deliver joy in an environment of apathy. Friends, David has a right now praise because he has a right and a reason to give God praise. The God who has spared his life, the God who gave him one more chance, the God who gave him another chance, the God who keeps on making ways over and over and over again. Friends, the journey here to Jerusalem had some spikes of turbulence for David, but he made it. <laughs> if David was in our time, he'd be singing Marvin Sapp's song, Never Would Have Made It Without You. Friends, what I love about this is David has a reason to dance, but check this, so do we. We have a reason to praise God. Every time 
we get up, even before our coffee, we got a reason to praise God. The fact that we're breathing, we have a reason to praise God. And so no matter what trial we go through, what pain we experience, what hoop we have to jump, what mountain we have to climb, praise should always be our response. Because the fact that we are alive to experience it should give us great joy. Friends, when I think about every step being taken with God, I think back to a time in college where I lived off campus and I would observe a young boy walk his dog. I stayed in these apartments for about three years. And over time, I saw that this young boy grew older, but so did the dog. The distance that they walked, they used to walk around the block. They walked half the block and then it minimized to just walking to the mailbox and back. But I would notice something that as the young man walked, when the dog got older, he said, come on, boy, come on. He'd encourage him. And they would walk to that mailbox and eat. No matter how slow it was, the owner would adjust his speed and his pace to that of the dog. Sometimes it would get so bad where the dog would walk to the mailbox, but he couldn't walk back and the owner would have to carry the dog back into the house. But no matter if the dog was carried or if it walked back on its own, the dog would always look up to the owner in thankfulness with his tongue out his mouth and all of his teeth showing. <laughs> it was as if this dog in his own language was saying, thank you for taking care of me. Friends, as I thought about that this week, I said, oh my God, this is a picture of our relationship with God. <laughs> because as God walks, we must walk. <laughs> when God stops, we must stop. And God encourages us along the way. Sometimes life gets so hard and God has to carry us. <laughs> but at all times, in all seasons, at all places, we must remain thankful and allow praise to be our response. If the dog can be thankful, can we be? Will you allow the steps and the decisions that you make this week be led by God instead of you? If God is the author of our faith and our life, why don't we trust God with our life? I'm inviting you to shed arrogance right now, to shed pridefulness right now, and take every step like these 30,000 people took with David, with God. This looks like prioritizing God. It looks like shedding unhealthy ambition for guidance from the Almighty. It looks like placing God's desire over your own. This week, take every step with God. Let's pray. God, help us to be bold enough, vulnerable enough, courageous enough to take every step with you. In Christ's name, amen. Somebody watching this may not know Christ and may be desiring to take a step. You may want to take a step in establishing your relationship with Christ. And if by chance you're ready to take that step, all you have to do, even virtually, is repeat a very small prayer after me. If you're ready for the step, 
I'm ready to walk with you. May we pray? I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Christ died for me and I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. In Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer and taken that step, we are so over the moon excited about it. But we want to hear from you because taking that step, there are many other steps that you're going to go through in your life. And we want to walk with you in those pivotal moments and steps. And so if by chance you prayed that prayer or maybe you have another prayer request, please email us today at alltogether at spdl.org. Friends, if you would like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org and the giving option is there. Friends, every step that we take, every move we make should be taken with God, not apart from God. And so as you prepare for this week to continue it, I hope it's an amazing, fantastic, great week. But here's our takeaway and it goes along with our message. Never take a step without God. Have a great week and I hope to see you next week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.